To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers it's a bath for another edition of the podcast Got the nba preview out the way now we're headed into Football playoff previews, and we as well as NBA pregame. We got the Christmas games coming up, so we're gonna discuss a little bit of that as well, fellas. And everything sports. First of all, I have to present the infamous cast here. We got Ramon in the building. We got Carlos, as always. The voice you're hearing is Rob. How you fellas are feeling today, man? Glad to be rocking with y'all, man. Glad to be rocking with y'all. Glad to be talking sports. Glad to be blessed to be here. You know, we're winding down the end of the year. This is our Christmas, 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 yes. right. Christmas <laughs> special here. So I'm, I'm happy, man. I'm happy to do this. Yeah, man. I'm happy too as well, man. It's good to get it rolling. We got some things, of course, that's on the list. So I'm not going to delay it. I don't have too much more to say. I'm just ready to get rolling, bro. Well. I just want to start off by saying thanks. Thank you to all of the listeners. You could have spent your 45 minutes anywhere else, but you decided to spend it with us and we appreciate it. We hope that you, if you're enjoying this podcast, that you're sharing it with a friend. Also make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you like to listen to. Of course, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. So we just want to express our gratefulness for your support. T-shirts went out on Friday, on this past Friday. So if you was gracious enough to order one from us, we thank you for that as well. More merch is on the way. If you missed out, don't worry. Don't be alarmed. We will get that information. We'll let you know when we're taking orders again. We'll get those out to you as well. Make sure that you follow us on the old underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. We appreciate it, fellas. Let's get into it. I don't understand how you start off the season 11-0 and and then you just... <laughs> You just on a downslide. You just on a downslide from that, man. I don't. How do you do that? How do you do that? What the hell is going on? No, no, that's nothing other than this great Stephen A. Smith. It was only appropriate as we're discussing the Pittsburgh Steelers and their onslaught. We saw them on Sunday take on, I mean, on Monday night, take on a 2 and 11 Bengals team, 2 11 and 1 Bengals team, who has not a very good team, especially since they're. Pride and joy, Joe Burrow went down. Our pride and joy from LSU, shout out to LSU, went down with a gruesome knee injury. This team has been nothing short. Every facet of the game, they are terrible outside of Joe Burrow and that right receiving core with Tyler Boyd and their new addition of uh, number 85 this year. But this Bengal team is nothing short of, of just lackluster, and it just seems like the Pittsburgh Steelers wanted to give the Bengals a gift wrapped early Christmas gift and a win because they did everything in their power to give the Bengals their win. 
Uh, ben Roethlisberger, he looked terrible. Um, I don't know what was going on. He might, he, I don't know what happened before the game or if he got into a – I don't know. He, but he looked bad. He looked extremely bad, and he was missing every throw that he could uh, on that day. Man, I, I don't understand how a team – but I don't know. I don't remember a team in recent memory that has been on this downslide after starting off so dominant. One would point to their schedule, and I do think that their schedule was a little light. Uh, heading into the season in the very beginning. However, a win in the NBA, a win in the NFL is a win in the NFL. Ain't they right, Los? When you saw your Jets lose to a, a a winless Jets team this past weekend, but we'll get to that in a second. But <laughs> man, say, man, say, why you had to do it to them like that? <laughs> but we, this is not about the rounds right now. We'll get to them in a second. But the Steelers, man, they look bad and. We're entering. This is a bad time to go into the playoffs struggling. So, give me your thoughts on what y'all saw was a problem with the Steelers this past Monday night. I mean, one, they don't have a run game. You know that that has changed it for them. You know, and they've been one of the most pass happy teams in game neutral situations. Meaning, if they're leading or up, they're still passing the ball. So, you know, that is not winning football. And we got to talk about this team hasn't been the same since they lost Bud Dupree. You know, this team has lost Bud Dupree. He went down with that injury and knocked him out for the year. Um, and when you look at those things and they're not getting that pressure that they were, and teams can now focus more on T.J. Watt, you know, when you have both of those guys flying off the ends, you know, it was more of a disruptive defense. I think their injuries are now starting to catch up with them with Bud Dupree being hurt, with Devin Bush being hurt. You know, all those guys kind of – those key pieces are, you know, falling, those linebackers that they need that – that fly around, they're missing that, you know, and um, again, and also with James Conner being in and out of the lineup and not having a consistent run game has caused these problems for this team. As you've seen that they just really couldn't get anything really going on the ground. They had a couple nice plays here and there, but they could not get a run game really established um, on a Bengals team that, that you feel that they should be able to dominate. Yeah. Yeah. Basically the same reasons that you said uh, really, what I really noticed a lot was just the offensive struggles uh, that they had. And a lot of it, like you said, can be attributed really to that run game and the lack of the run game, which caused defensively, you can just basically sit back and play the pass. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, like you mentioned, looked pretty ineffective. He was not accurate uh, much. I mean, I want to say they had probably about four or five, three and outs in that game. Um, and that's what you're going against a, a Bengals team that is a pretty lackluster team. Um, so it was, it was pretty surprising. But then also, too, when you're not playing all well offensively like that, you can't compound that by turning the ball over. So if you're going to have these three and outs and you're not going to really be able to move the ball, then you can't turn it over as well. And so those turnovers, to me, also really shot them in the foot. Uh, we had to, you know, the missed exchange between the center and Ben Roethlisberger, uh, between Pouncey and Roethlisberger. That was the fumble. And then, you know, later on, you see Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, fumble the ball and put the Bengals in great field position. So it's just, we're real discuss that fumble. From yeah, we'll discuss that. Right. So it, it's really hard. It's difficult at this point to even point to what they're doing well as a team. You know, like Lowe said, that pass rush isn't quite as good. They created some pressure here and there. Of course, you're not going to always hold down TJ Watt. He's just that good. Uh, but like you said, I mean, you can see the struggles really in all facets of the game at this point. So they really don't look like a team to me that was ever 11-0. and 0. Like, it's just crazy to see. And honestly, at this point, 
there's no one that I would honestly favor them over in a playoff matchup in the AFC right now. If you look at all those teams in the AFC, there's no one that I would favor them over um, in even a first round matchup. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's nothing. It's nothing short of disappointing. Uh, you know, I, we we've given the Steelers their praises throughout the season, even on this podcast about how well they've been playing all season, and just to see them fall apart like this. Um, I mean, you mentioned Juju. That's what I wanted to kind of go into with Juju as it, as the past couple of games. If you haven't been uh, wondering as an NFL fan, if you haven't paying attention, Juju has made it for the past couple of weeks. Has made it his pregame part of his pregame ritual to perform TikToks on the opposing team's logo at the 50 yard line during warmups, uh, which I think in years past we would probably ill-advise when we saw what happened to Terrell Owens. Was that Terrell Owens when he was with the 49ers? Uh, got on the star and 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 did that to the Cowboys and you know did it twice after catching two touchdown passes and he got his block knocked off right then and there apparently this time but prior to this game Von Bell former Saints uh, shout out to him who that nation we drafted him uh, but now he's currently with the Cincinnati Bengals said that the only way that you deal with the guy that's gonna dance on your logo like Juju is to hit him in between the lines and like you mentioned Ramon perfectly described is when Juju got in the open field, which I think was an ill-advised throw by Ben. He set him up to get blowed up on, but that's neither here nor there. We're not focusing on that. We're going to focus on Juju that ended up being a fumble when Von Bell, ironically, the guy that made the statement that said he has to be hit, hit him and caused a, a very fumble at a, at a point in the game where the offense had kind of started to, you know, kind of get into rhythm and then that happened and they turned the ball over again. You know, I think with Juju, I think he has a lot of growing up to do um, at this point. Uh, even in this past game, you know, it, I think he's been underperforming all season. I would think, you know, if, if you guys agree with me there. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, when Antonio Brown was there with the number one option there, he, I mean, as a number two option to Antonio Brown, he looked awesome. So, we kind of thought then that once Antonio Brown departed the Steelers reluctantly that the Steelers would be in good hands. We got the privilege of last year seeing him being the number one option. He proved that he's, he can't be the number one receiver on your team. And at this point, at the type of season he's having, I don't know if I would be wrong in saying that he's not even the third receiver. I mean, not even the second receiver on this team. As you see Chase Claypool emergence as a rookie and you see Deontay Johnson no doubt, if he can get the drops together, he's the most talented receiver on that roster. But at this point, I mean, I think Juju, with him saying, I'm going to be me, and, and the past two games he's been doing this and putting a target on his back and giving the opposing team some bulletin board material, I think he has a lot of growing up to do. No, I agree. And to me, it's all about a – it's like you said, it's a respect factor too, man. You can't think that you're going to come out there, dance on the other team's logo, um, and that that's going to be cool. And I think part of – the issue, I think, a little bit with the Steelers as well, I think being at 11-0 kind of went to their heads, if I'm just being honest. And I think you can see that with Juju and what he's doing. You can see that in some of the tweets from Chase Claypool, you know, talking about losing. I've never heard of her. And then you come back and you lose three straight games. So I think it's, it's a little bit of all of that. And to me, you get into a bad place when – you know, you got it. You can't really look at yourself and evaluate yourself and say, maybe I need to change something. When you get too much into that, I'm going to be me, I'm going to do me type of area and don't really realize and can't really truly 
you know, evaluate yourself and see, okay, maybe I need to change this. I feel like that's dangerous territory. And I'm not going to say to me, he doesn't have, of course, that same personality as an Antonio Brown. That's completely different. But to me, the way that he's approaching things are also problematic as well. And to me, if he doesn't change, you could see some issues down the line from him as well. Well, I've mentioned it before. I think that Mike Tomlin deserved coach of the year, maybe last year, you know, but I think even more so, I think he would be even more deserving of it after their 11 and 0 start, but just managing these personalities and he was able to do it for the past. He's coached, let's be honest, two of the leading position players of the past decade, the best at their position in Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. And he was able to manage that, Person, those personalities, but it just seems like Mike Mike Tomlin gets the short end of the stick uh, with these personalities. Even with Juju, he allows them to be themselves. But I think at a certain point, Mike Tomlin has proved time and time again: it don't matter who you throw at him. Give me a James Conner, a third round underdog. I will make him a featured back in this league and get him paid. Give me a James Washington. Give me a Deontay Johnson. Both late round receivers. Give me a Chase Claypool, late late round receivers, and I'm going to turn them into some of the best receivers in this league. I think he's proven time and time again. Give me a TJ Watt. Nobody's he's on nobody's radar. You know he got a lot of guys that he has made that he's able. It's kind of like I, I give it that Bill Belichick effect. He has the the ability to find these guys and, and make them better. But I think that Mike Tomlin is he if he's able to to rally these guys together with this bump in the road, it will be a great turnaround because the past three weeks that we've seen from the Steelers have been nothing short of, of, of just a bust and, and it will be disappointing. So I think that if, if the Steelers were to get past this, like you mentioned, Ramon, you don't expect them to be able to be competing in these playoffs with these teams in the AFC. I think if he is able to get them to the AFC championship or even the Super Bowl, um, I think that he, he, he you got to look at him as a coach of the year, man. But Again, I, I don't know what what get into these guys with Mike Tomlin. I just hate for Mike Tomlin to have to go through this because he's such a great coach. Well, I 100% agree with you. I think you nailed it. Uh, I agree with you as well. He shouldn't have to deal with this type of stuff. I believe that he's a top two coach in the league, top two or three coach in the league. Um, and it's just crazy that he continues to kind of run into this kind of stuff. I agree with you. Yeah, man. So. We'll see what the Steelers. Uh, well, we'll take. We'll let our our Rams insider analyst Carlos take it away, as the Rams <laughs> kind of they lost to a winless team. And I, I mean, they in the in the New York Jets. The New York Jets were in the uh, Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, and they they just fell on their face and they defeated y'all, man. What what do you have to say about it, man? <laughs> you lost any given Sunday. It can happen, as we've seen it happen to the Steelers. You know. And we've seen it happen to the Saints this week and last week as well. You know, any given Sunday, you can take a L. So it just it's one of those things where you don't. We lost to one of the best teams in the NFL this past uh, week. The best team. Lost. I mean, do you want is that brownie points or what? Bro, we're talking that, about the Rams right now. I'm asking though, is that a loss or a you know? Hey, we lost to the Chiefs. Do you get a badge for that or what? All right, so Man, just ask you if you want a cookie, bro. If the if the <laughs> if the if the if the if the, if the so. It, it, you, as, as a fan, going into this Sunday, you expect y'all to lose to the New York Jets, the worst no. team in the NFL. No, did you expect to lose? Okay, to the okay, I, I knew it was a possibility. I mean, I knew it was a possibility too. That's why you uh, played against me. Nah, all right, nah. Bro, nah. Take, it away, take it away, man. Take it away. I was expecting somebody to be right. 
at first, at first, I was gonna let you slide up until that point. I was gonna let you slide that we we finally put spotlight on the rounds when they right. lose, but but I, I you didn't think that was a possibility at all coming oh, into this. Oh, I hundred percent did. I thought it was a trap game. I've been saying it all week because again, it was a a game where we necessarily we if we won, we was in the championship. I mean, I'm sorry, we was uh the we we would clinch a playoff spot, right? But if we lost that game, obviously, if we won, we clinch a playoff spot, and then we look forward to the Seahawks, where we'll win a division by playing them, you know. And so, you know, if we looking forward, looking ahead, we may, you know, that's what you call a trap game. So, I definitely yeah. thought it was a uh, trap game versus a winless team. Yeah. Uh, I'm not bad. The Jets, the Jets suck. But what I will say too is another takeaway from that man. Sam Donald say he is trying to keep his job. He said, forget all this stuff. Y'all not about to go and get <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Get Trevor yeah, Lawrence. Yeah, man. Say, let the Jazz get Trevor Lawrence. I'm about to be all here. All they going to do is draft Justin Fields. True, true. But it, it's it's a little bit more of wiggle room right there. It's, it's probably Justin Fields, but there's a w- little bit of wiggle room at two. If they had one, there's no way you're passing on Trevor Lawrence. I think there's a little wiggle room, although I do believe Justin Fields will go to there's still a little wiggle room there. So Sam Dorno lives to fight another day as a Jet because they got that win. Well, I just wanted to have a little fun with my, with my brother Los. Uh, any loss uh, is, is, is uh, to the Rams in this fashion is always welcomed by myself. All right, so <laughs> you're on mute, bro. Yeah, good good timing to have a finally have a Rams segment. <laughs> he pissed with me, <laughs> right? Right. He's like next segment. <laughs> All right, so we got some. We got some. Uh, so, it, so the playoff picture is, is is becoming a little clearer. I think we still have a couple teams jockeying for position, uh, which which we got the Washington Redskins. I don't know how. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Washington, Not Washington football Redskins. team. Washington football team is going to take some time for me to get used to that, as via the, the rest of the sports world. But um, who do you think? I mean, the NFC East. I mean, we named one of our episodes "Clash of the Trash," but who do you see out of NFC East ultimately going ahead and getting a playoff spot by winning that division? Uh, I believe that it'll be the Washington Football Team. I think that ultimately they're going to be the ones who come uh, and grab that spot. I mean, we know that you know we speak of that that division, and that's been one of the worst divisions that we've seen at this point. Um, and seeing that you know everyone being pretty much within a game of each other. But I still think out of that bunch, uh, I think that Washington is probably uh, the best overall team out of that. Um, to me, when you look at their last two games, uh, you see them facing a Panthers team that, you know, is okay, but it's not like, you know, the Panthers are lighting the world on fire. So that's a very winnable game. And then they go head up uh, with the Eagles. Now, you know, Jalen Hurts has been playing pretty well for the Eagles, so that may be a tough game, but the Eagles have a little bit of more ground to make up because they do have that tie that kind of sets them back. So I think it's going to be a little bit difficult for these other teams to ultimately overcome uh, Washington. And I think at the end of the day, it's not beneficial for these other teams to overcome Washington. I think they need to keep with their spots that they are, get those higher draft picks, uh, because none of those teams are going to be promising in the playoffs. But to answer your question, I'm going to go ahead and say the Washington uh, football team holds on to that spot. I agree with him on that. Nothing more to add. Yeah, I agree. I think that Washington is a very sneaky, decent team. I mean, they lost a lot of close games to great teams. 
So I think that they, you know, with with that front seven and that defense of the line, it, it, it's very supreme. That's the core, and I think that they have a little more work to do, but they're by far the, the better team in that NFC East. Um, so uh, anything else with the NFL outlook uh, or anything, uh, predictions? Uh, I guess we need to talk about the best. We talked about the worst. I'm also on the NFC, uh, NFC side. Who do y'all see grabbing that number one seed, the Packers or the Saints? I got the Packers closing it out um, right now. I just think the Saints are in a place where now they understand that um, they're right now just playing to be healthy for the playoffs. You know, as they've seen, they shut down Michael Thomas. Um, Drew Brees is kind of getting back. You know, I think they're getting their mind ready for the – the playoffs and not necessarily concerned with the number one seed, which this year, the number one seed doesn't hold that much weight as it did before. Now, granted, you know, if you're one of those teams that you don't necessarily like playing in the cold, it's going to be different when you play in, in Lambeau field, you know, and everything has to go through Lambeau field in the cold in January. So that's going to be a little different than those teams, maybe like a California team, like the Rams or like the saints who are in the dome, you know, going through Green Bay to win that, you know, in the cold. So that's the one advantage that they that the Green Bay Packers will have, you know, and I think they ultimately will lock it up. Yeah, I don't really have much to add to that. I think ultimately, like you said, Green Bay will get it done. Um, I think that their schedule uh, down the stretch isn't, you know, too bad as well. I mean, I know that they have – well, they do have the Titans on the schedule and they also have um, – gosh, I'm, I think the Bears on the schedule as well. But – I just think they'll ultimately lock it up. Like you said, it looks like the Saints are looking uh, towards the playoffs. Michael Thomas isn't playing anymore in the regular season. And, you know, I, I think it's the Packers. But I do I, – I slightly disagree with the one seed point just from the standpoint of that they do get the bye week. They're the only team that gets that bye week to start off the playoffs. Um, so th- that's right. the only right. the only point right there that I, you know, yeah. think means something. And then I'm going to be honest, Rob – your Saints struggle in that cold weather, like Lois was talking about. Your, your Saints struggle in that cold weather, so it can mean something. Uh, I think that the Vikings, uh, we got the Vikings on Christmas Day, the Saints do, and uh, we got the Panthers. So we, those are two winnable games without without Michael Thomas. But um, ultimately, I think that I don't know. I mean, the Packers and the Titans. That's that's the game right there. That's the game that's gonna that's gonna determine who's gonna get it. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that we can't get that number one seed just so we can the Saints, so we can have that one game off and get a little more healthier. Breeze get a little bit more in rhythm, and we can make a run for those playoffs. But um, so I think that's enough there. Uh, speaking of Christmas, we got the NBA historical, the best. I think the best sports day in the in the during the regular season out of all sports. Me, it's Christmas Day for the NBA. Um, I think. I put a greater than sign Christmas Day in the NBA over the Thanksgiving games in the NFL. That's that's my personal opinion. Uh, but we got some we got some top notch games, some marquee matchups. Of course, the NBA got started on December 22nd, so we will see the Lakers, Clippers, Brooklyn Nets, and the Golden State Warriors play uh, for the to start things off. But then we got those Christmas Day matchups. I want to hear from you guys. What's the matchup you're looking forward to the most? And then we'll get into the predictions. Uh, as far as the – and don't cheat and say the Lakers. <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and get it started off. So, since we can't cheat and say the Lakers, I'll say the game that I'm uh, intrigued by 
is actually the Clippers and the Nuggets. And I say it from this aspect, man. One of the biggest storylines in last season um, in the playoffs, of course, in the bubble was the Clippers blowing that 3-1 lead um, and the Nuggets coming back and winning that series and ultimately going to the Western Conference Finals. Um, so I'm interested to see kind of what that dynamic will be between those teams. I think that they still are two of the top three teams or two of the top three or four teams out there in the uh, West at this point. So I think it'll be a good matchup, a good battle. Normally, I wouldn't be one that's as intrigued by a Denver Nuggets matchup late night on Christmas night. That's not normally one, but because of the 3-1 dynamic, that makes me intrigued with that game. Um, and so that'll be the matchup that I guess I choose that, you know, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'm likely to sleep by the time that, that matchup's going to come on, <laughs> to be honest. So, I'm, I'm a, I, you know, we're going to take away the Mavericks and the Lakers matchup. I'm definitely going to say the Pels on the Heat. You know, that's we're all from, you know, Louisiana, right? You know, and that, that's a young team that we really want to get a chance to see how they do, see if they can develop and become that playoff contender. And obviously you got the defending – I mean, I'm sorry, the defending – excuse me. We got the defending Eastern champs. Right, um, right. You know, playing the Pels. You know, I think those are two teams really that are – that can get after and be defensively has, have the, the – the 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 ceiling to be really good defensively and so I'll be I look forward to seeing that matchup and seeing what Zion does against Bam and you know obviously Jimmy Jimmy buckets and you know it, it'll be I think it'll be a fun matchup to see I think the Heat will end up winning just based off experience. All right, so we're across the board, uh, genuinely organically, I got the Nets and the and the Celtics. Uh, of course, I had the Celtics in our preview episode number one in my rankings. So it'll be nice to see them in action with Jason Tatum. And, you know, another year under his belt in Kimball Walker with the team and, and just seeing how this team's going to mesh uh, as well. It's always nice to see KD, who uh, I got a previous before we started recording, watching the first half with KD and he is looks excellent and looks like he's not playing around this year. So I, I'm looking forward to that matchup, seeing the, the elite teams in the East, who I think that that's probably that possibly could be your Eastern Conference final matchup. So I'm interested to see how these guys look in in, uh, in game one of the season on Christmas night. All right. So we got that. Uh, we touched on this last week, uh, last episode, and that was James Harden. Seems like the drama is continuing there. And what I mean by that is that we speculated that he would be traded. I think uh, me and Ramon thought that he would be on a different team. Carlos thought he would stay put. I think that now collectively we can agree that he he probably won't be finished the season off as a Houston Rocket with the new report saying that he's starting to get into it with teammates, which I don't look into it too much because every practice you're going into it with a teammate if you're competitive and care about the game. So that's neither here nor there. But I do think that I've seen more reports that there have been more suitors that's been added to trying to obtain him, which kind of scared me because they got the Denver Nuggets on that list, which would be ridiculous. Um, but, I mean, it, just to name one team off that list. But uh, now that we see that he's going to be moved, uh, out of all the teams that have been stated that they want him, the Heat is out, which which eliminates me from my prediction of thinking that he would end up with the Heat, unless this report was just to put like a, you know, do the little, you know, I do the little pump fake where they say this team is not in it, but they're the main team that's still in it, and, it, and that player ends up on that team. But it's been reported that the Miami Heat is out of the sweepstakes, but do y'all think they're more realistically James will end up somewhere else now? Yeah, Most, I guess, to Carlos, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, 
it's just I think it's too much going on and he, that he can become a cancer to the team. You know, with the reports coming out that he, like you mentioned, getting into it with teammates, you know, and having these issues and, you know, you can only do so much in, uh, with those situations and especially with the season coming now, you don't want that type of energy in your locker room. And I think that he, he is trying to force his way out of there. He's trying to force his way out of there and he's doing what he can to get out of there. And he's, he's disgruntled. He wants to compete somewhere else. Um, you know, but again, the Houston Rockets hold the power, you know, and he's still on the contract for the next two or three years. So again, it's just going to end. It's going to be, it's going to end ugly, you know, and by him doing this, all he's doing is um, bringing his value down, bringing his value down for other teams. And, um, and if he does go to a team like the Nuggets, I feel like that team is going to be stripped. You know, one thing that the Nuggets have in their favor is they're a beat team. Right. And that's one of the things that they have in their favor. And so, you know, if they end up giving up, you know, I'll just mention some names that will, probably interest them, you know, they give up a Michael Porter, right? A young, nice prospect. They give up a Will Barton. They give up these young pieces on that team and try to keep the, you know, obviously the big three and Jamal Murray and Joker and, you know, and obviously add James Harden, you know, they're going to strip that team. You know, I don't think that I don't, that team doesn't scare me when it comes to a Lakers defensive mind team, you know, they'll be able to score, but I think when you, into a playoff scenario, I still that team does not scare me when it comes to the Lakers and what they can do defensively. Yeah, no, I, and I agree with that point, even too, from the standpoint that you know, one of the things that makes Jokic so effective is having the ball in his hands, being able to create, being able to pass. You talk about you know, probably being the best passing big man there, and so you bring in a James Harden who takes the ball out of his hands, but also a developing star in Jamal Murray. Um, so, I mean, they, they would be a good team, no doubt. I mean, you get that collection of talent together, it's going to be good. But, um, you know, it, it remains to be seen of how much it will work. But like we've all said, I mean, at this point, it seems like he's going to get moved. Um, I kind of lean to just as, you know, Los was mentioning on the last podcast, I think you were the one who said Philly if he does get moved. Um, and so I think that I would probably lean in that direction from the standpoint it seems like Daryl Morey is still kind of keyed in. I think it was probably a day or two ago that he actually either tweeted or like retweeted uh, something that was specific to James Harden. And then he came back and he deleted the tweet, I guess, because it started getting, you know, too much talk and people were reading into it. So I think when you have a guy in Daryl Morey who built around James Harden for so many years, um, I think that he still can be intrigued by who Harden is. And that could be a, a logical landing spot. But at the end of the day, it's not going to work in Houston. I mean, if he's coming in with that mentality, if he's coming in with that attitude, um, throwing the ball at players and stuff like that, you know, at the end of the day, you get into it with teammates. But I think like both of y'all have alluded to, I think that he's heightening it in order to force his way out of there at this point. And so it just has to be done. He has to be moved. Yeah, I think uh, I saw the Celtics and Raptors, along with the Nuggets, are added suitors for him. Uh, like I said, I, I, I agree with you, Ramon. I can jump on in. Outside of the heat, it's not a pump fake. Like I mentioned, I think Philly would make the most sense. But I, I still don't think that'll be a threatening team because they most likely will have to depart with ben, either Ben Simmons or Embiid. I will lean towards more Ben Simmons because James Harden is more likely – more so of the type of player that Ben is. So, I mean, I don't see Ben and James working. So, of course, Ben will be a part of that package some kind of way. 
But we'll see. I don't think he'll end up a Houston Rocket by the end of the season, nor do I feel like he'll end up anywhere where he wants to go. Uh, I think, you know, Lowe's alluded to it last episode is that, you know, the, where Paul George ended up with the Thunder. He didn't want to go there, you know. He wanted to end up in L.A. But, hey, we'll see what happens there. Uh, just something to keep an eye on. We've been monitoring this for weeks, so we'll continue to monitor it, and uh, you'll hear it here on the podcast. Now, I hate to flip-flop subjects, but I promise the listeners that we will give our predictions to these Christmas matchups. We'll run through it right quick uh, after James Harden, after the James Harden debacle. We got the Pelicans and the Heat. I'll lead it off. I think that the Heat will win this game. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I think the Heat overcomes and win. And I think they'll win it by more than – I think they'll win it by at least 10 points. I'm going to go out on a limb. Zion Williamson puts on a show on Christmas Day. And boom, the Pelicans come and grab it. Zion Williamson and B.I. come out and do their thing and go in and grab it from the Heat. So we got the Golden State Warriors and the Milwaukee Bucks who will be facing off on ABC at 1 p.m., 1.30 p.m. That's, that'll probably be when black families will just be getting their plates. <laughs> right. uh, so uh, I, I got the uh, Bucks winning right now. I'm kind of cheating because I've seen how the Warriors have come out today against the Brooklyn Nets. And they look kind of flat uh, without it. If, if Draymond comes, he may make a difference, but – I think that the Warriors will. I mean, the Bucks will win this game, and I think they'll win it pretty convincingly. I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go to Bucks probably win by at least 12, 14 points. Yeah, I got the Bucks winning pretty convincingly as well. Um, I just don't think this team is a team. The Warriors team. I don't think they're a team yet that they're going to have to find their stride, and they probably won't find it until later in the season. Well, it is. It, it, oh yeah, go ahead. No, no, you. Can, yeah, it's unanimous. I'm just saying I'm going with the Bucks as well. Nothing to add to it. Okay. So I got the so by the time you eat, get your food and take a nap after this boring game with the Warriors and the Bucks, you'll be getting ready for the the main event with my eyes, which is the Lakers and the Mavericks, who can be caught on ABC at 7 p.m. I'm gonna go Lakers, uh, not just because I'm a Lakers fan, but I I just think that right. the Lakers just gotta <laughs> man, we just loaded man. Yeah. I, I don't see how what they're gonna do with AD and and LeBron, so I'm gonna go uh, Lakers there. Yeah, I don't think if I don't think if the unicorn is playing, I think we have a good chance of winning. Um, but otherwise, you know, all season last year, um, Luca gave us fits all year. It, it came down to a last shot by Danny Green to send it to overtime to even get our win against them last year. So I can definitely see it being a good game, but I think we ought to pull it out. Yeah, nah, Lakers gonna win that game, man. Uh, they just it's it's too much, not just for the Mavs, for anybody. So. Lakers definitely grabbed that one. I'm actually disrespectful. I said guys is gonna take a nap, but the Nets and the Celtics, who I said yeah, I was looking forward to, will be playing at 4 p.m. after the Warriors and the Bucks. So you won't be able to get that nap in. You might want to get it, get the nap in during the Bucks and Warriors game at 1:30. But 4 p.m. we got the Nets and the Celtics. I'll be in a food coma, but I'll definitely be attentive to this game. I'm gonna go ahead and take the Brooklyn Nets here. Again, I've had privilege of seeing a first half of these guys, and I'm convinced that they're good. But that doesn't that doesn't knock the Celtics, who I think they are. I think it's going to be a very very close game. I think the Nets will win by like at least three or four points. The Celtics, did I say Nets? Nets, Nets win by yeah. three or four points. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. Yeah, I'll roll with the Nets on that one as well. Kyrie's going to kill his old team. So that, then that leads us to the nightcap. Los already said he'll be asleep. We got the Clippers and the Nuggets on ESPN at 9.30. Uh, I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go Clippers here. I think it's going to be a real, real close game, but I'm going to go Clippers here. 
I don't have a particular reason because that's how close I think it'll be, but I think the Clippers will pull it off. Uh, I got uh, – I don't know, man. I don't, I don't be- I'm not a believer in the Clippers, man. They got to show me something. They really got to show me something. I'm going to go Nugs. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I can see why, you know, you're kind of going back and forth on that one. Even the betting line for that one right now is actually even. So that scene is the closest matchup on Christmas at this point. Uh, I'm going to go to Clippers, though, and the reason why I'm going to go to Clippers is I believe that the addition of Serge Ibaka will help with the defense on um, Jokic. I believe that that was a big thing that they were missing last year was that post-defense or that post-defender against Jokic, and so I'm going to go to Clippers, but I think it'll be a really good game. Uh, That may end up being the closest game of the day. Well, fellas, we did it again. We're wrapping up another episode of the Bench on this podcast. We appreciate you if you lasted this long. We're going to get on out of here and enjoy the rest of our NBA season opening night. Fellas, good luck to the Go Lakers as always. And we're going to watch the second half of this Warriors-Nets game and see what these guys are, are made of. Uh, we appreciate you for following us on O underscore Bench One. We saw some new followers come in. Hey, welcome new followers. Please continue to subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to get your podcast for. And make sure you're sharing that link to a friend. Again, thank you again if you order merchandise. That merchandise was shipped out this past Friday. So we hope that you enjoy it. Uh, if you haven't received merchandise this time, we will be collecting orders once again at a later date. And we'll let y'all know when that happens. But until then, we out of here. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah.